1872, the first volume of 425 poems on the death of children by Friedrich Rickert, a German romantic poet, was published posthumously. Having lost two children, a daughter aged two and a half years from scarlet fever and her four-year-old brother only a few weeks later, Rickert was disconsolate. Consumed with thoughts of death, he found an outlet for his pitiable sufferings in his poetry. Unabashedly sentimental in style, often hastily written, and probably not intended for public consumption, these poems were subjected to severe criticism. When Mahler read them, however, he immediately felt an affinity with the unfortunate German poet. He admired the strength that Rickert was able to muster to compose poetical works on such a painful subject after having suffered through his own personal tragedy. In fact, Mahler later confessed to Guido Adler that had his beloved daughter Maria, whom he called Putzi, died before he composed Kintetotenlieder, he would not have written the songs. Having written the first, third, and fourth of these songs before his marriage to Alma, he would have had no reason to connect the subject with any events in his own life. When he composed the last two and most painful of these songs during the summer of 1904, his two daughters were in the best of health. But even before the older daughter, his beloved Putzi, contracted the fatal disease that killed Rickard's children, Alma became apprehensive, feeling that her husband was tempting fate. After the Mahler child's tragic death, so soon after the completion of Kintetotenlieder, both Gustav and Alma never got over the feeling that Mahler was in part to blame for it. Their marriage suffered as a result. Mahler also felt that the two works written during the summer of 1904, the last two songs of Kintetotenlieder and the Sixth Symphony, foretold his own fate as well. There is little question that the subject of these poems had an impact upon the music Mahler wrote for them. As with the Rickert Lieder, written during the same period and later published as part of a set of seven songs given the title Sieben Lieder aus Letzte Zeit, Seven Last Songs, the subjective inward nature of the poetry generates music of personal, intimate expression. But instead of succumbing to an emotional outpouring of grief, Mahler's manner of expression is generally restrained, except for a few strong climaxes made more poignant by their rarity. One senses an undercurrent of deep feeling that dare not come to the surface for fear of losing control. Thus Mahler explores the deepest recesses of the heart without wearing his heart on his sleeve. He creates a sound world of subtle shadings and nuances that occasionally have an impressionistic quality perfectly suited to the nature of the poems, but he avoids the pitfall that the sameness of subject matter might become wearing by diverse mood swings. Structurally, Kintetotenlieder is Mahler's most perfectly formed song cycle. A pale atmosphere hovers over the music. A sinewy quality pervades the linear flow, and the subtle use of harmonic progressions enhances the diffuse emotions conveyed by the poetry. Derek Cook summarizes the poetic content of four of the five songs as follows. For the first, he says, The sunrise that brings no comfort. For the second, Memories of the children's star-like eyes. The third, Habitual actions that evoke too vivid memories. 
and the fourth, a vision that the children have only wandered away into another world, where their parents will one day find them again. The fifth and last song is ridden with a parent's guilt over not being able to prevent the tragedy of her children's death. As is the case with most of the Rickardleader, Kintotodenlieder contains little, if any, of the folklied style of the Wunderhorn songs. Its tragic subject is conveyed without any of the military or nature-related music that characterizes many of his earlier songs. Instead, each of the songs has a confessional nature and is accompanied by light, transparent textures produced by a spare chamber ensemble using small instrumental groupings to create soft, nebulous coloration and a wispy, ephemeral atmosphere. The narrative style that pervades the earlier Wunderhorn songs gives way to utterances of deeply personal expression or dream thoughts that sometimes have little relationship to reality. Contrasts between light and dark images that generate somber moods also function symbolically as representations of psychological states induced by the tragedy. Despite its cohesive mood and style, Kintototenlieder has been criticized for failing to create a developing drama and evolutionary scenario that departs from one point and arrives at another, akin, for instance, to the Gazellen songs. Donald Mitchell, however, points out that the skill with which Mahler organizes the five songs on a tonal basis, which Mitchell calls traveling tonality, is far more significant than the lack of narrative flow. Mitchell's detailed analysis of Mahler's harmonic procedure in Kintototenlieder, compared with works written during the Wunderhorden period, makes for fascinating and rewarding reading. Certain basic characteristics pervade the entire cycle. Strong contrasts of emotion, climaxes that often occur on weak beats, the precursory use of Klangfarben melody, prominent use of motivic elements, emphasis on appoggiaturas, and Mahler's telescoping technique by which sections overlap each other, thereby generating an uninterrupted musical flow. The orchestration of each song focuses on a different instrumental grouping. For example, in the first song, winds prevail in the odd stanzas, while strings predominate in the more consoling even stanzas. In the second song, only strings and harp are used, as in the Adagero from the Fifth Symphony. The third song features woodwinds, principally an English horn, and eliminates violins from the string section. The fourth shifts back and forth between wind and string ensembles, and the last song is for full orchestra. But it is the lightness of texture which pervades most of the song cycle that prompted Donald Mitchell to claim that with its composition, quote, the concept of chamber music was born in the 20th century, unquote. As the Wunderhorn leader influenced the symphonies of Mahler's first period, Kintototenlieder has a similar effect upon the music of his middle period. A sense of tragic fate looms over the fifth and sixth symphonies in which appear subtle references to the songs. The introverted manner of expression, sparse accompaniment, the clouded atmosphere, and linear vocal line of the Rickardleader can be sourced in Kintototenlieder. The subject of death that will become the focal point of Mahler's last three symphonies had already appeared in several works from his first period and now becomes internalized in Kintototenlieder, 
and functions less consciously but no less significantly as a subtext for works of Mahler's middle period. One final word about performance. Mahler made it perfectly clear that these songs were written to be performed as a group, not individually, and that no applause should be permitted between them. Mahler always chose a baritone for the vocal part. Yet he did hire a tenor for a performance in New York given on January 26, 1910. It appears that he did so more because of the singer's acting abilities than his vocal timbre. While Mahler probably favored the male voice because of his personal identification with the subject of the cycle, his one-time mistress and Hamburg opera star Anna von Mildenburg sang Kindertotenlieder during Mahler's lifetime. Nevertheless, we have chosen a recording with a contralto voice because uh, the particular contralto in this recording, Kathleen Ferrier, uh, is one of the great Mahler singers of all time, and this particular recording, one of the most important ever released. <laughs> 